This is the Data Center Frontier Show, where we tell the story of the data center industry and its future. Our show is hosted by Rich Miller, the editor of Data Center Frontier. And now here's Rich with our show. Welcome to the Data Center Frontier Show podcast. And our guest this week is Tim Myrick from Sabi Data Centers, which is one of the largest private data center providers in the country. Uh, Tim, welcome to the Data Center Frontier Show. Thank you, Rich. Great to be here. Many of our, our listeners in the data center industry uh, will likely be familiar with Sabi, but for any who don't know your company, maybe you could uh, tell us a little bit about Sabi and, and its history and its uh, uh, and its business in the data center sector. Sure, you bet. Yeah, best kept secret in some locations, right? So uh, Sabi Data Centers and Sabi Corporation has been around since the early 70s. So we're a 50-year-old business. Um, we got in the data center business um, early 2000s. So we've been doing this as really as long as anybody, and we were you know, one of the initial landlords, um, I think way back uh, to Exodus, who was kind of the original co-location player, right? So we were an original landlord when those guys were just getting started pre-IPO. So we've been doing this a long, long time. Um, The company overall, um, you know, has been doing, uh, you know, technical infrastructure and construction projects for, you know, for quite some time. You know, like I said, in the early 70s, I think we built our first um, what we called uh, a computer room at the time for ADP back in the late 70s, maybe early 80s. Um, so lots of experience transitioning in the data center business. We have um, now six campuses, um, probably best known for Seattle and Central Washington. We've been in Ashburn for almost a decade now. We have a uh, data center in New York. And then um, very exciting for us, we just launched in and, uh, and first told the world about it on Data Center Frontier. Um, we just launched down in Austin and uh, super excited about that expansion. So let's talk about the uh, the big news from this week. It's been a little while since you guys have entered a new market. What about Austin that was interesting to you? Well, great question. Um, and we spent a lot of time and we're pretty deliberate about how we expand for sure. Um, you know, we've been growing like crazy on our existing campuses, but from a new market perspective, you're absolutely right. So Austin's been a location we've looked at for quite some time. Um, and I think, right, um, if you're reading the papers and you're, you're watching what's going on, I mean, there's been, you know, a, a, a mass relocation um, and expansion of the tech economy um, in Texas centered around Austin. So um, Austin's data center market's always been strong, you know, albeit not really a top 10 market, um, but a strong and steady market. So we look for markets like that, right, that we think we have, think have big upside if we bring our um, our value proposition, our buildings to market that will have a you know great opportunity to win a you know win a share of that, and uh, and we think that you know while it's maybe not a hyperscale type market today, um, with the growth and growth in population and the enterprise growth, we think it'll be a really strong market for us moving forward. One of the interesting things about Austin is that it uh, it does have a, a long history serving the enterprise market. There seems to be um, a growing interest not just because the, of the companies like Oracle and, and uh, some of the other companies that have relocated to, to Austin, but there's been a lot of uh, expansion around the, the Dell campus. Uh, you guys are up in Round Rock. Um, tell me a little bit about the property that you're working with and what kind of campus you're going to build there. So, we are, so you're right. We're up in Round Rock, um, so just north of, uh, north of Austin. Um, it's actually only about you know, 20 minutes um, you know, from the, from the airport itself. We have a 40 acre campus. 
We're going to be building two different buildings there, two-story buildings with about 72 megawatts of capacity. So we're starting with a six megawatt pod and we'll be ready for early occupancy um, beginning of next year. So we're already we're already swinging the wrecking ball and, uh, and moving forward on that project. This isn't your only expansion in 2022. Uh, Sabi also recently announced that you're adding more capacity in uh, central Washington in one of the campuses that you maintain there. That's a little bit of a uh, a different market. Uh, a lot of folks in the data center industry are used to the big metros, uh, but Quincy is kind of a different value proposition. Uh, tell us a little bit about, as a company that's been there for a while, tell me a little bit about Quincy and what's interesting about it and what you guys are doing there. Um, so we're actually in, in two markets over in central Washington, over in uh, East Wenatchee, um, just a little bit north of Quincy, and then in Quincy, Washington proper. And in Quincy's you know, while it's a really small town, um, or has been historically, right, it gets a, a disproportionately, um, you know, large when you start talking about data centers. Um, you know, since a neighbor of ours, Microsoft, moved there, you know, multiple years, multiple years ago. I think we were the certainly the first co-location entrance in that space. And what made it most interesting to us, um, you know, living on the West Coast was, you know, number one, you get across the mountains, you get outside of the Cascadia subduction zone, right? You get in a, you know, a very kind of, you know, safe. Um, safe area away from kind of any earthquake um, earthquake issues. And then it was right near the Columbia River and a mass generation of hydropower. And so it was this kind of the capability to get to a location that was reasonably close to large metros, right? Reasonably close to Seattle, but an, an ability to take advantage of, you know, at that time, um, you know, three cent, uh, you know, kilowatt hours. So, um, you know, combination of land to expand, significant infrastructure because of the players that were going there. But then also this access to clean hydropower, um, which at the time was really the focus was on the, the cost element of it. But over time, the fact the clean hydropower piece has become that much more important for our, you know, for our partners and customers that have located with us there. One of the things that's interesting about uh, Quincy in uh, central Washington is the sustainability story, which seems to be becoming more and more important for many of the enterprise customers looking for data center space. Uh, what is it about uh, about uh, Central Washington that offers a compelling opportunity there? Yeah, no, you bet. Um, well, and and you're absolutely right. And sustainability is becoming, you know, a much bigger part of the conversation, uh, really, for customers, you know, large and small. And uh, you know, Quincy, the vast majority of the power is derived from clean hydro sources, which fits in very nicely to folks, you know, ESG um, plans. And so it becomes a you know major focus for them. Um, you know, sustainability and efficiency has always been a big part of what we've tried to do. It was one of the things that, that drove us to Quincy in the beginning. You know, we were fortunate and that Dave Sabe kind of, you know, saw that as something that would be coming, um, you know, 15 years ago or so, right, that that would be important. And there's, you know, only so many electrons, right, tied to every one of these dams, right? So there's only so, amount, so much power that's available. And we've been fortunate to get in there early and, and control a lot of that and be able to expand with our customers. You, you mentioned earlier about the expansion there. And it really has been exciting. And I wish I had an overhead view to show you. You know, we started out with a 7.2 megawatt building. Um, we expanded to about a 15 megawatt building. We built another one of those. And now we're building a, you know, over 50 megawatt building there. Uh, and as indicated in the release, right, we've done over 70 megawatts of expansion currently underway over there. And uh, the latest building, honestly, is like the size of the entire initial campus. You know, expansions, new customer requirements and demand um, continue to go up in that area. And we're just, we feel very fortunate to be able to you know, support those. 
Uh, you're also uh, building quite a bit of capacity in Austin. I think you're talking about a 72 megawatt campus down there. Your latest building in Ashburn, I think is, is uh, 32 megawatts or something like that. There, uh, There's this trend towards bigger building and uh, bigger requirements. Uh, do you think that's that's the uh, the future is these uh, larger buildings? And, and how do you think about uh, as a multi-tenant provider, how you uh, how you build for that? I mean, those are challenging topics for sure. So I think the answer to the first part of that question is, um, you know, is is yes, right? I don't think we're going to be pulling back. I mean, it might be somewhat market dependent, you know, how you might build um, as we think about who the users would be. Um, but even if you think about what have happened with network nodes, right? Network nodes used to be a couple cabinets, right? And now network nodes in certain cases with certain customers are a megawatt or two megawatts. You know, the requirement for additional size um, just continues to go up and land costs keep going up, right? So you need to make sure that you're maximizing kind of your kilowatts per square foot on the campus while building an efficient building for folks to use. So I don't think we're, um, I don't think we're coming back, you know, from these larger building sizes for sure. You know, thinking about, about uh, customers, um, are, you know, are, are you guys thinking more in terms of, uh, you know, doing single tenant buildings or do you, do you still like uh, being able to, to build for multi-tenant customers and, and parcel the building out? Because that does become an interesting question when you get larger requirements is, is what you build for and, and how you work with the, the different kind of customers. Well, it definitely has become more challenging kind of managing the pipeline for sure. If you're building a you know, a 72 megawatt campus, right? And people come in with 20 megawatt requirements. It kind of changes maybe how you thought about you were going to fill up those buildings. Um, you know, I feel fortunate, you know, here at SABE, um, you know, we are, we can approach these things very flexibly. Um, we certainly try to take care of our existing customers and support those expansions. Um, but, you know, we will continue to grow and add, add space and, and kind of um, support the requirements as best we can, you know, when they come in. Sometimes, I mean, I mean, I mean, you've reported on many of them. You see some of these requirements and, and builds, right? Um, whether it was in Hillsborough or Houston or Chicago, right? Unprecedented sizes of takedowns um, that I'm sure in many cases people didn't expect where people take up all the inventory on a campus. Certainly changes the plans for someone that, you know, came there two years ago and wanted to expand with you. So, you know, we do our best to continue to communicate with our customers, be able to plan for that, while at the same time trying to manage the new requirements that are coming in. But it's a, it's definitely a, a challenging dance, but uh, a rewarding challenge to work on for sure. Well, it's been an interesting scramble for so many uh, of the providers in the data center industry. It, it's particularly interesting for me to, to when uh, we've had, sort of all had a front row seat for the way that the pandemic has kind of accelerated uh, people's understanding of the importance of digital services in their lives. Uh, whether it's zooming like this to uh, uh, to do business or you know online learning and all the the work from home thing, uh, suddenly people I think understand the the data centers and their value in the economy in ways that might not have been really uh, clear before, and uh, you know even things like you know TikToks, which feel like goofy fun that people did uh, during the the pandemic, but, uh, you know, uh, that, that requires a lot of data center space. Uh, do you think that, you know, what the, the data center operators like SABE do is, is becoming better understood? I think so. I mean, I still I'm still challenged every once in a while when I have to describe it to one of my uh, kids' friends or whatnot, but um, I think there's no doubt um, that people are starting to understand it better. At least you're able to 
you know, kind of draw comparisons in their normal life as to, you know, what's, what's, you know, in one of the data center facilities, right? Because so often people go through their entire life without seeing one or drive by, driving by it every single day without knowing what's inside. Um, but I, you know, I, I talk about this quite a bit and we talk about it internally a bunch, right? I mean, you know, life's too short to kind of work on stuff that you're not interested in. We like to work on cool stuff. I feel fortunate every day to be able to work you know, in an industry and inside a company, right, where you're working on cool stuff, you know, with a lot of cool people, and uh, it makes coming to work every day a lot of fun. You know, I sit here at my computer every day and we work on deals and we hatch these, hatch different ways to kind of support our customers' requirements and prospects' requirements. And I get to, you know, jump on the phone then with people, super smart people that are making those promises a reality with their steel toe boots out in the mud, you know, making this happen. And it's just a really cool, you know, group of folks um, across the board that make this industry work. One of the interesting stories I got to do uh, over the last year was uh, about uh, you know, a customer you guys had in, in Ashburn that does 3D video and sort of immersive kind of uh, things. And uh, I, you know, I thought about that as you know, we've been all been hearing discussion about the metaverse and, uh, and different kinds of, of environments uh, that people may use going forward, whether it's for entertainment or gaming or or a business. What's it like trying to, to you mentioned, you know, talking to, to customers. Uh, what do you make of, of some of the new technologies that are that are coming in like the metaverse? And and how as a data center operator, do you do you think about what that means to your business? I mean, I think you do your best to try to, you know, track trends and, and stay ahead of things, um, whether it's in this industry or you know, or anything else, probably, you know, I think at the same time, we try to, you know, conservatively proceed forward. That So we're here for another, you know, 50 years, we're not taking, you know, many, you know, too many bets. I'm not, I'm not buying waterfront property in the metaverse yet. Rich, I might, you never know, might be the only waterfront I ever own. <laughs> you know, we are continuing to respond to our customers demands. And there's just, you know, there's so many of these applications, metaverse, you know, aside for a moment, right, that just continue to expand. I mean, you think about what we're doing today, it's the easiest example, but the amount of video conferencing and the amount of, you know, I mean, bandwidth, data center space, compute capacity, you know, that, that this requires um, when it wasn't even a thing, you know, three years ago, uh, right? Skype struggled to survive, it morphed into Teams, right? And now we have this absolute explosion of what's going on. So it's um, it's just, it's a fun time to, to be in this industry and be working to support it. And, you know, it's it's not only us, right? I mean, it's the it's the PUDs, it's all the folks involved with the infrastructure that has to be there to support this explosive demand and growth that we're seeing from the largest players in the space, but which is being driven by their customers that are inside, right? Utilizing, consuming their services. So, you know, all the way down the value chain, right? I mean, the use just continues to expand on this side. And I guess, you know, you feel very, very fortunate when other portions of the economy are getting hit hard. Um, that you're able to work in an industry, right? That you're supporting areas of growth. And uh, we do feel fortunate every day for that. Yeah, you know, and in many ways the, the data center uh, industry has been able to kind of serve as a lifeline to, to some key parts of the economy when things like retail and office were really uh, kind of struggling. Um, you mentioned that, that Sabi has been pretty careful in thinking about, you know, what markets it wants to be in and how fast it wants to grow. Uh, in recent years, you've had some some strong support from your financial partners in being able to, to fund growth and, and new construction. Typically, data center developers 
And we'll look at growth a couple of different ways. Maybe they, you know, it involves building out, uh, you know, uh, campus locations to do the sort of land and expand thing for, uh, for, for customer growth. Other folks are always kind of like exploring uh, new markets. How's, how's uh, Sabi thinking about the opportunity ahead of us as uh, data centers uh, seem to be getting bigger and, and bigger and, and the demand keeps growing? Yeah, no, good question. Um, we think about that, you know, every day. Um, so we've traditionally been, you know, kind of a land and expand, um, you know, kind of organization, right? If you think about where we started in Seattle, um, you know, the campus that we originally had here, you know, we've owned it for, you know, 30 years, um, you know, and it's gone through three iterations before it became, uh, you know, a data center campus and a, a purpose-built data center campus. In Quincy, the same thing, right? It started with a 900 kilowatt you know, customer, um, you know, Providence Healthcare, uh, you know, one of the biggest healthcare systems in the, you know, in the country. And now we're, you know, well over 100 megawatts on that campus. But our customers are pushing us to grow. Um, and we're pushing ourselves, certainly. And, you know, we're looking at all different avenues. Um, our first priority is still on, you know, supporting our customers and growing on our campuses. But I would say, you know, a very, very close second, right, is looking for ways for our organization to expand. And, and you're right, we're very solid um, in a very great position, you know, financially. Um, there's no shortage of, you know, of dollars that would like to get into the industry, honestly. But, um, you know, through our partnership with, uh, with National, um, we're in a really good spot from that perspective. But we want to stay in a good spot. And so we want to be smart as to how we grow. And we're, you know, traditionally have been value buyers, right? And this isn't exactly a, a value economy when you're going after and, you know, buying land in Ashburn for $3 million an acre, you know, plus, right? So, um, so we're being careful, but at the same time, um, we're looking aggressively at those new locations where we think we can bring our value prop and uh, help uh, help support our customers and prospects grow. Well, it's interesting because it's one of the companies that was fairly early in a place like Quincy. And yet at the same time, you also operate in, in New York City, which is, it's not a cheap market to operate in, but obviously uh, it's one where a, a lot of folks have a real need of a business need uh, to have capacity there. How would you? How do you see a demand across the portfolio? What are your, What are your strongest growth markets? Well, so I think um, you know certainly Central Washington has been the strongest growth market for us for some time. You know, Ashburn is Ashburn's been steady, um, steady for us. You know, explosive for others. You know, in that market, um, you know sometimes you go into a market like Ashburn with a you know a seventy megawatt campus. It's, you know, very. Not very often you go into that and you feel like that's a small campus, right? Right. So, um, but we found some fantastic partners and on a on a great path, um, um, great path there. Although we do have one more building site, so we're we're looking for more customers in Ashburn. The growth's been nice and nice and steady in those locations. Seattle actually surprisingly, having been such a lumpy market for years, has now you know become much steadier uh, overall. And we're we're fortunate again. We've been in this location for so long. We're one of the only locations. We're very proximate to downtown in a good spot close to the airport and transportation if you're coming in and out. Um, but we also have uh, you know, enough capacity, right, to help you know, support one megawatt kind of type deals, one to three megawatt type deals. So um, we have a really nice campus here that's actually supporting steadier growth than maybe we would have expected five years ago. So we feel good about that. And actually the reception in Austin has been fantastic. You know, based on the announcements, announcements that you guys put out and and the, um, the emails and notifications I've got on LinkedIn, I think we're going to be really successful down there. Are, is, are there particular types of customers that you think are uh, 
are turning up in Austin? You noted the, the corporate relocations. Um, are, are there verticals that seem particularly interesting down there? Well, I think the tech vertical, I mean, again, that probably seems pretty obvious. Um, I could say that probably everywhere. Um, but the tech vertical um, in Austin, uh, you know, has been, um, you know, very responsive, you know, early on, even some of our, you know, pre-leasing type calls that we were making. So I think you've got your usual suspects that are interested in getting close to urban centers. Well, as you know, Texas, we wanted to be in Texas for quite some time looking for the right opportunity. I mean, Texas is a market um, with a whole lot of enterprise organizations within itself, right? Um, that maybe we haven't touched at all being in the markets that we're at. So we're excited to explore that and, uh, you know, and offer Austin as, as options to, you know, those folks that are in Houston, whether that's for DR and that sort of thing, expansion out of San Antonio, an alternative to, um, to Dallas, albeit with maybe a slightly different value prop. We're just outside of um, the Austin Energy Zone. So we'll be in a deregulated power area. So we'll be able to be competitive from a, from a power cost perspective. So we're really excited about that, right? So you get the benefits from being close to Austin, you get the deregulated power benefit, you know, and then the ability to scale outside of the downtown core. So with the Austin campus, you've got uh, a new opportunity uh, in, in terms of uh, uh, design, innovation. Are you doing anything different there? Yeah, you know, we are um, actually. So, you know, as we see, um, you know, the, the customers drive for, you know, additional, um, additional capacity and frankly, you know, sometimes density as well with cabinets, you know, ranging now, you know, if we have range on our campus probably from three kilowatts of cabinet up to 25, you know, and, and moving to 50 and, and frankly beyond that, you know, we're working on our data halls. First, we're starting bigger at 7,500 kilowatts. We have a range right from the start from 6,000 to 7,500 for initial data hall size. But we're also going to have the ability to expand that um, up to 9,000. So those are for folks that, you know, they come in, they can leverage the full capacity of the floor, but then also expand, you know, if something happens with their density later on, with their compute capacity, that drives more requirements for power, which would be great. We're also building in the capacity across the entire um, campus to be able to support up to 5,000 pound cabinets, um, which for a time seemed unheard of, but, you know, more and more important for folks as they come in with these really, really dense implementations. And then we're also, you know, other things that might seem simple, but are important overall and, and drive efficiency. You know, we're working on innovative ways to kind of leverage our yards the best of our ability so we can build smaller buildings, use less concrete, have a smaller um, carbon footprint, um, which is exciting for us. And we're also, um, you know, these will be essentially plumbed and capable of liquid cooling. So while our systems right now with air cooling can cool up to, you know, 100 kilowatt cabinets. We have some customers that are talking about going beyond that. Oh. And, uh, and so that's going to be a mean and more efficient means of cooling than air. And so that'll take us to water-based cooling. So we're going to be ready for all that in Austin. Um, you mentioned 5,000 pound cabinets. That's two and a half tons of uh, IT gear on, on, on a set of casters. I, how do you, what are the, the particular uh, things you have to think about when managing that kind of gear that you built into the design? You know, I leave that to the smart guys on the construction side to figure out, <laughs> but you know, there's a bunch of steel involved, I'm, I'm sure. I mean, you know, there's, those have existed over time, whether they were probably really heavy mainframes or other things, right, that sat, but you know, previously you'd have to really think about where you place those in buildings, right? To make sure, sure they were able to support and you have to space them out. And nowadays the requirements for folks, right? They want things to be able to be interchangeable. They don't want to have to think about, you know, where they position something on the floor and space them out correctly, right? And so 
we'll be able to give that kind of flexibility to customers to be able to place you know, dense racks versus less dense racks, heavy racks versus less heavy racks, and, uh, and give them that flexibility inside their space to do what they need to do. You guys also do some things that are a little bit different in, in terms of the way that you uh, do the, the data center in a construction process. Tell me a little bit about how Sabi thinks about all of that and, and how you've structured the organization uh, uh, for, for building data centers. You know, we take great pride in the fact that we're, you know, we're an integrated team. And I think it's really core to our value proposition overall, you know, for customers. I mean, this is, this is not the easiest um, industry, right, to really differentiate, differentiate yourself day to day. But we think our business stands out in the sense that we're one of the few organizations, particularly on the private side, right, with an integrated organization that, that has everything from construction, you know, all the way through operations. We have our own construction organization, design team, um, operations team all under one roof, which makes it that much easier for us to work with customers, um, you know, and be able to then provide construction schedules and delivery schedules, you know, kind of on time that people can trust, you know, on budget, which is becoming, you know, so very important, um, you know, for our customers, you know, particularly now when with supply chain and everything else has become that much more challenging to trust dates and delivery time, um, you know, they can feel good about that with us. Well, listen, congrats on the Austin uh, opening and then the continued growth at, at Sabi. Uh, and uh, thanks for taking uh, time to, to tell our listeners about it uh, today. If Thanks for taking uh, time to, to tell our listeners about it uh, today. If folks are interested in learning more about uh, Sabi or connecting with you, uh, where can they find you online? Uh, SabiDataCenters.com. That's, that's the spot. Hopefully it's easy to find. It should render well on your mobile phone. It better. <laughs> okay, Tim, listen, uh, thanks very much for your time. And uh, thanks, as always, to our listeners uh, on the Data Center Frontier Show, where we tell the story of the data center industry, one podcast at a time. We'll see everybody again soon. Thanks for listening to the Data Center Frontier Show. You can find the show notes for this episode at datacenterfrontier.com slash podcast, including links to the resources Rich has mentioned. Be sure to subscribe to the Data Center Frontier show at Apple, iTunes, Spotify, or where you find your podcasts. If you enjoyed this show, please tell your friends or share about it on your social channels. You can always find us on the web at datacenterfrontier.com and follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Until next time.